Welcome to the Sales Prospector Show, supported by Lease, a sales rep, ending 5,000 company, helping our clients grow sales by securing guaranteed appointments, qualified leads, and guaranteed contracts for their services and products across the U.S. I'm your host, Gil Pagan. You can find us on all social media channels and at leaseasalesrep.com. Thank you for listening in. It's going to be a great one today. Oh, man, I love doing this stuff. I love having conversations with, with thought leaders and people who are, are in the marketing and sales game. And, um, and uh, we're going to have a great conversation today with Dan Fronin, who is the uh, CMO of Upkeep. That's right, Upkeep. From what I understand, it's a, a software platform that tracks and manages um, you know, facilities and equipment and uh, maintenance and a whole bunch of things. We're going to get into that uh, with Dan and he can kind of clarify uh, for me uh, and for us what I just said. Uh, Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Gil. Good to be here. Yeah, looking forward to uh, to chatting with you, man. And um, how, uh, did, I, did I get that right? You know, that, that um, you guys are kind of a software platform that tracks and manages equipment and uh, maintenance and things of that nature. Um, did I get that right? You sure did. I mean, the whole premise of what we do is is really get the technology into the the hands of the frontline worker with their with their mobile device. And then, you know, the key to managing any kind of equipment or facility is to make sure that you have the data from your frontline workers in the system in the first place. So we really connect that life cycle. That's great, man. And we're going to get into that uh, in some of the nuts and bolts of that in a second. But uh, tell us a little bit about you and um, how you landed in, in the CMO game, uh, if you will, and uh, how you landed at Upkeep, a little bit of background about you, and then we'll jump into the actual uh, software platform, what it does. Sure. So um, pretty much at this point, been a career marketer, um, you know, started, started my marketing career in music publishing on the consumer side. I started working for the VP of sales at that company and really started to, to really understand how to connect consumer and B2B marketing together. Um, as I was at that company, I discovered technology as I was upgrading and, and kind of modernizing our tech stack approach and found myself in tech. And, um, you know, how I landed at Upkeep is uh, a few years back, I worked for a company called Schedulo, uh, which was... Uh, and still is really on the forefront of mobile workforce management. And, um, you know, when Upkeep approached me, they were uh, in a similar space, but much more on the asset intensive industry side and really solving um, something that's near and dear to my heart, which is, you know, getting the, the, the most underserved work, part of the workforce from a technology standpoint into technology that helps them to do their jobs better and ultimately helps their businesses to, um, you know, do their jobs better. Wow, I see the connection between the, the, the your prior background with the mobile workforce. And when I think of mobile workforces just in general, and obviously now you're doing this stuff with upkeep, I, I kind of connect that with my, my historical background of nurses, therapists, home yep. care, all these people that go into people's houses and doing yep. stuff and they're mobile. And, but also that you got the HVAC guys, the plumbing, you know, those guys are also mobile. Right. Um, and, uh, and I know you kind of more on that equipment side kind of now of the, of the house, if you will. Uh, yep. And uh, with, with, uh, with upkeep. So sounds like you've been in the, in the, in the marketing uh, game uh, for a bit and have seen probably a lot of shifts and, and changes in the, in the marketing space. Right. For uh, sure, for the sure. Last few years, yeah. um, and yeah. uh, 
you know, how we gone from, you know, typical uh, lead gen mechanisms to tech stacks to yep. uh, email campaigns going to now hitting social media more. And it's just interesting how things have changed. You know, I have a, a gray hair here. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I have probably have a little bit longer story, um, but uh, of how this has changed. But uh, we want to get into into um, upkeep. And um, I mean, when we we had our pre-call conversation um, about some of the the way that software platform works. And I like to make things real simple for our audience and um, you know, just to understand how it works. And I use an example, say of a hospital, for example, um, uh, that has a lot of equipment. Uh, and uh, let's say a manufacturing plant that has a lot of equipment uh, that has had different life cycles, right? Uh, yep. So give us an example of say in healthcare of how, or, or manufacturing or, or another use case that you have that kind of makes it easy for people to understand what upkeep does uh, for the employee, the worker, staff, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, a quick example in healthcare is think about a dialysis machine or a dialysis center, right? And example, yeah. mm -hmm. think about those machines and the fact that they need to be serviced on a regular preventative maintenance schedule. Um, so really what our platform allows is for you to put that asset into uh, upkeep. So that's the asset management piece, you're then able to put in what the preventative maintenance schedule looks like, any kind of meters so that you can monitor the performance of that machine. And then any kind of like, um, you know, most useful life data as well as warranties so that when you're servicing that machine, um, when it comes up for either warranty sort of issues or regular maintenance, or maybe the meter is telling you that it needs some, some sort of maintenance, mm -hmm. it gets that back to your frontline tech via their mobile device mm -hmm. so that they know when and where and how to do their job um, so that you're maintaining that equipment in a proactive versus a reactive way. And, and dialysis, our dialysis is like the, is the, uh, the people who use dialysis when they have kidney machines. Exactly. Uh, uh, and their, um, you know, their kidneys are failing. So, um, they um, they use the machine to clean up their kidneys. Basically, it's their kidneys uh, function exactly. as. Uh, exactly. So yeah, that said, so yeah, so the the uh, a, a dialysis machine is a good example. So you have a a um, a maintenance schedule that needs to be uploaded. I'm assuming somehow into upkeep. I don't know how that happened. You may want to talk a little bit about that. And then they has all the the bells that will come up in the system saying, well, it's March first, and need, the filter needs to be changed, and yep. this needs to be replaced on April second. So how does that stuff get into upkeep and how does it notify people that stuff needs to get done? Yeah. So basically through our, um, you know, through our setup process, mm -hmm. you either, um, you can mass upload all of your assets as well as like different dependable sort of uh, variable pieces to the equipment, mm -hmm. or you can set it up manually. And really what you're doing is like, let's say you have a dialysis machine based in like Raleigh, North Carolina at XYZ location. You you set up that asset, and then uh, within that asset, you start to put in its maintenance schedule, its uh, useful life, uh, any kind of meters, work order triggers, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then what happens is um, those work orders will actually trigger to any kind of tech that you've assigned to that location that may be able to service that device so that when a work order does come up, let's say a reoccurring work order is every week you have to go in and change a filter on it. Um, mm. that, that is a regular reoccurring preventative maintenance sort of thing that would then ping me on my phone on Wednesday at 9 a.m. 
because I need to be there by 9.30 to change it out or something like that. So yeah. it really, yeah, through data, oh, all the dots. Sorry to interrupt. So, I mean, I may do that every once in a while. I apologize. So mm -hmm. the, uh, the, um, that comes to the tech. Tech has to do the work. Yep. Is there a supervisory mechanism there where uh, the supervisor, head of engineering, let's say of a hospital that's responsible for all this equipment is getting notified that, you know, Joe needs to do this uh, and that's on his schedule. Is that is that something that the, that the platform does? Yep, does that as well. And then um, it could even be to the level where, you know, Joe has to get that signed off on by the, the managing engineer in the building before he can say that the job's done. Gotcha. So when you up, how do you upload? I think uh, that information is it uploaded into the system? Like when you onboard a client again, using let's say a, a clinic or a hospital example with an HVAC systems, you know, uh, all this stuff that has to be manned, medical equipment, all that. How did that get into the system? Yeah. So two different ways. One is, um, you know, if, if the client has a master kind of spreadsheet or some sort of like you know, CSV of all of their equipment and, you know, sub kind of data attached to that, that can be uploaded into our system. And then the second way is, um, you know, you could actually just go into the platform and set up equipment in a bespoke way as well. So we, we can handle mass upload or um, bespoke. No, that's good. That's good. Uh, that's good to know. Cause I, um, I know that a lot of some of the, a lot of these facilities on, on the healthcare side are still doing stuff on spreadsheets. Yep. Uh, and, um, you know, cause they don't really have, some of them have some kind of management equipment solution, something I, I don't know, you probably know more uh, of what those are kind of in the marketplace, but a lot of them are still doing stuff on Excel. Um, yeah. Very similar to, um, I see it as a lot of some salespeople uh, organizations doing stuff on Excel and not putting into the CRM. <laughs> so it's kind of almost yeah. like you're doing the same thing, putting it into a system that, alerts you that something needs to be done, like the salespeople put into CRM, alerting them they had to be doing something. <laughs> so uh, Exactly. I mean, it's, it's solving really the same challenge, right? Which is to understand whether you're on the sales marketing side like us, or whether you're on the equipment mm -hmm. and operations side is connecting all the data so that you can understand the full life cycle mm -hmm. and get to your end result a whole lot quicker than having to assume or, you know, go and check another system to validate something. Yeah, and the company looks like it's been around since uh, maybe 2017 from what I could gather and um, got about, you know, about 200 employees. And um, and uh, I saw something about $50 million in VC money. Yep. So, uh, you know, good for you. VC money is good and bad. I mean, um, <laughs> so <laughs> the guys, the guys hearing this, what do you mean it's bad, Gil? Um, so uh, it's, um, you know, you got certain expectations, you got to meet certain benchmarks, you got you know, board of advisors and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but obviously somebody saw, and a group of people saw the um, possibilities and opportunities of the software platform um, in the marketplace. So, I mean, clearly you're meeting some kind of, you know, need there. Um, are you, are you um, when, when you're looking at your client base or people that you'd like to serve and the ones that really could benefit from your offering, your platform, um, who, I mean, who is that? I mean, just in, in general, like, um, you know, industry verticals or ones that have certain equipment or give us a little insight to that. Yeah. So it's definitely asset intensive industries. It's um, any kind of industry that might have facilities where it's critical that those facilities are managed and maintained and turned around quickly. So think about dialysis centers has both of those things, right? Facility 
plus equipment. And really where we've seen the best success is uh, food and beverage manufacturing, um, heavy industry manufacturing, um, any, you know, any industry that has the equipment plus the constraint of um, frontline workers needing to be optimized, right? So think about uh, everything that's happened with COVID and, and the strain that has started to happen with our contingent workforces and, um, you know, people not um, not being able to either go to work because um, they're locked out because of a health issue or um, maybe, you know, having to work from home and having to start to monitor manufacturing and equipment more remotely. It's really what's given rise to um, our, our sort of products is remote condition monitoring. So sensors telling you when something might need to be serviced or, um, you know, just more data being collected. I mean, there's so many instances of large manufacturers who uh, might have a six to eight week backlog on work orders for equipment, and they may have their tech, uh, their, their manufacturing techs, you know, standing at a kiosk for an hour or two a day inputting data uh, versus just capturing it in real time. So really what we've done is solve that problem on both sides. Yeah, I think of, um, you know, you say cap, uh, I guess, asset intensive industry. So that also kind of dovetails into capital intensive because assets and capital kind of, exactly. you know, they go together. Um, I know when we initially spoke, we spoke about um, uh, those uh, industries that have vehicles, you know, just a lot of vehicles. Um, and some of them, these large construction companies that have these massive earth movers and, you know, they have 150 tractors and they got 70, 80 trucks and they have all this stuff. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure that, I guess, I guess uh, your platform would help managing all those, you know, and all of their um, maintenance uh, schedules and things like that from the tires to the engines, to the uh, tune-ups to, you know, you gotta get rid of hey, this, this truck has already 250 hours on it from a diesel perspective or this equipment, you need to, we need to look at another one before it fails, right? All, all that, all that stuff would be also applicable with your platform that can help, right? Absolutely. And then also, you know, we would integrate into, you know, if there's more of a fleet management need there from, you know, actually tracking the amount of hours that someone's driving, the speed in which they're driving, you know, other kind of factors within the vehicle itself, we can ingest that data from some of those hardware manufacturers that, that run those sorts of sensors as well. Well, that's great. And I wonder if, um, if, if your platform, I don't know if you know this yet, is a uh, provides once being used and this documentation helps with insurance coverage um you know just from a i'm just thinking insurance from a you know you, you have all these equipment that's all this you know the insurance bill is high right yep. just to, to cover all this equipment i wonder if maintenance schedules and all that kind of stuff help from an insurance perspective for discounts and you know things like that i'm just just something that just came out of nowhere yeah. um you know it, i don't know what are your thoughts there yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure um, it does from like a, you know, validating that that um, you know the equipment's been taken care of. That if there was like a blown out tire or something that required a claim, that you know the company had done their diligence and recorded that they had checked the tire pressure mm -hmm. in accordance with you know warranty. All that stuff mm -hmm. helps to verify and to back up the the claim for sure. What about um uh what about uh, uh, apartment buildings and property management 
kind of organizations that have these large, you know, complexes across the United States. Um, and sometimes they typically have local property management companies taking care of some of the local operations. Is, is that something that upkeep would be able to help with, with those kind of apartment buildings and senior living, assisted living, which is all yeah. over the, which is basically an apartment building really is what it is at a high cost, right? Um, you know, so what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a big use case for us as well as facility and property management. And really, you know, when we say asset intensive industries, when, when you're in a facility or a, you know, a real estate management situation, each location is, is thought of as an asset. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, whatever is, needs to be done there, if there's, if there's like sub assets there, um, then those need to be serviced. And then any kind of equipment that is needed to do that is, is thought of as like parts and inventory. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely a big part of our business and how we help a lot of clients manage um, facilities at scale, for sure. Yeah, and that's obviously, you know, real estate is, you know, huge yeah. uh, and all the stuff that's in it, you know, um, that's uh, where upkeep can can um, definitely make an impact. So when a, when a client um, or potential client prospect reaches out to the, to the team, how does that go through the process, that person, that property manager, that medical facility, that how does, how does they, they determine a need of that client? I mean, help us understand that process, you know, and how do they connect with upkeep and kind of get an assessment of, yeah, this works for you you know, kind of, oh, we're not the right fit for you, <laughs> you know, whatever that is. Yeah. So um, two, really two ways, right? Like we, like a lot of companies have an inbound demand gen machine and, um, you know, people marketing can, side, right. marketing side. And then we have an outbound machine where we will target people that we believe to be in market or engaged with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and once they raise their hand and say, you know, this might be right for us, help us. Um, the first thing we do is we we really believe in running a, a discovery process and really understanding what the pain points are, what the needs are, mm-hmm. and then coming back with a, a custom demo. So not just a, 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 a regurgitated demo that everyone's seen, but really going through a validation process and a demo process to show the technology for them in the way that would meet their needs. Because mm-hmm. um, we believe in a configurable platform versus a one size fits all sort of solution. And then, you know, based on that, if, if that, if that's what works, then, you know, typical deal process where, um, we evaluate how many locations, how many techs, and then, um, get them signed up. No, that's great. So you got a inbound outbound process, uh, a rep could be AE, SDR, whoever it is, has that conversation initially, I guess, to screen, I'm assuming, uh, and then do a, uh, set up probably a, uh, custom demo. Yep identify, you know, they'll respond to their needs uh, and then go from there, obviously, and make the decision whether they make the decision, whether uh, it makes sense for them. Exactly. Uh, and you're, you're running a typical SaaS model, monthly fee base, monthly kind of fee based, you know, ca- cancel if you decide to cancel. That's a typical model. Yep. Okay. Is there startup fees or anything like that for a, a new onboarding of a client? It really depends on the size of the business. I mean, if it's a, a massive company that's, that's, you know, doing deep integrations with uh, other systems, then, then yeah, there's, there's definitely set up, but for a typical customer, um, it just, it really depends, but uh, it's pretty minimal. Okay, good. So right out the gate, um, it, it's going to be a minimal cost or no cost to get started. 
Uh, uh, and then obviously you got your team that'll help them, you know, onboard and and run out their uh, services that you offer uh, yep. to the actual the actual client. So what I'm getting is that um, uh, the key here, and for the audience, um, we're talking to Dan Fronin, uh, the CMO of Upkeep, um, a uh, software platform that tracks and manages um, equipment and a lot of different things in different industries. That what I'm catching here is that the um, the platform is um, good for asset intensive industries. And um, that could be anything from, again, hospitals to um, to apartment buildings, um, could be manufacturing, um, real estate property managers across the country uh, that need to manage a lot of different moving parts of equipment uh, and, you know, and just track maintenance and things like that. Um, before things break down <laughs> so it is, it's, and, and god forbid a dialysis machine is a very good example you know that thing breaks down and you only got three of them in a facility you know and one breaks down i mean that's and you got patients coming in that's a problem yep. you know you know and they need dialysis two three times a week right so it's a very very good example um so uh, it, it sounds like um there's an opportunity here for those um who are in certain verticals that are that are capital and intensive um asset intensive that you got to track and manage all their equipment and stuff um so there's clearly opportunity there for the c-suite people who are managing that um the typical decision maker in for your service um who is that typically yeah so we we really think about it in three different buckets there's the maintenance team the reliability team and then the operations team yeah and operations um, yeah so you know it, it depends on how you land. So I'm, I'm sure you're, you, you're familiar with land with the land and then expand sort of model, right? Mm. So uh, it's not uncommon for a maintenance manager to come in and have a, a need within a facility um, to bring their reliability team in and for them to solve the problem in a facility. It's also not uncommon for like an operations manager to come in and then bring their maintenance and reliability teams in from multiple locations because they're trying to solve it um, corporate wide. So we definitely see it in both ways. Oh, that's good. Okay. Now, yeah, and that's fine. Cause I'm thinking that if someone, well, someone's going to invest in this platform, uh, and the time, you know, in, involved to get it up and, and all this data in that it's gotta be some kind of operational person and finance kind of, you know, equipment. Well, I don't want to buy another piece of, but if I got to buy another $200,000 piece of equipment, I'm going to scream, you know, that, that kind of, that kind of person. And then you got the person who has the pain point, which is the, yep. the tech on the, on the front end. Um, how do I manage this stuff uh, um, uh, in my day-to-day operations? Right. So I think that um, that uh, sounds good. Depends how you land uh, yep. in the organization. So it sounds like there's some opportunity there for these, these industries uh, to connect uh, with you. Um, how do, how do people reach out to, um, to upkeep? Uh, our audience, um, you know, how can they reach out to you, connect with you if they if they um, have a need and want to have a, just a, a, a preliminary discussion? Sure. Upkeep.com has all of our information. Um, you know, whether you wanted to go through web form or, or make a phone call, it's all there on upkeep.com. Right. And you guys are based out of where? Like, where does that land? Is it California? Is that where, they, uh, where you are? Yep. California. So our HQ is in Los Angeles, but as with a lot of businesses now, we have a uh, very distributed workforce yep. in all different time zones here in the United States. Well, that's excellent. Well, now we get to the um, to the fun part uh, of the of the 
discussion. And not that the other part wasn't fun. It's just, you know, <laughs> uh, more stuff of uh, uh, rapid fire questions um, um, uh, about you. So if um, you had the choice of a coffee, hot or cold, or do you drink coffee at all? I've had three shots of espresso today and um, it's hot during the winter and it's iced coffee during the summer. <laughs> I got you. Based on, te- based on the temperature outside then. Gotcha. Uh, pizza? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, hot dogs? Oh, yeah. Uh, with ketchup or mustard? Uh, both, preferably. <laughs> all right. Uh, hamburgers? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Now, now we're going down the right path here. Um, so if you had, um, if you had to um, go anywhere or you could go anywhere, um, right now and time and money, I know you, I know where you just came from and time and money is not an issue. Uh, where would you go? I would go back to Kauai and I would spend time in, uh, Hanale. That's my favorite place on the planet. And, um, yeah, just, as you mentioned, just came back from there. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. I got, hope you had a great time there. I'm sure it was wonderful. Um, so that said, if you had a, um, a, uh, and this one, uh, have to, kind of analyze a little bit if you had a um a superpower um that was given to you and doesn't have to be business related the answer it can be personal it doesn't matter what would that superpower be gosh um super it would probably be to um (laughs) to predict the future (laughs) Okay. okay all right and that's fine uh predict the future for you uh, before um, uh, before all this stuff with COVID, and even before that, uh, even you know, years before that, uh, are you a um, a uh, a Netflix, Hulu streaming kind of person, um, or are you like, no, I want to go in and have the real movie experience with the surround sound, having popcorn and soda? So my wife, it's it's funny. My wife and I cut the cord to cable back in I think 2010. So we've been streaming for years, but we always loved going to movies as well, just because it's a whole different experience. So I'm a fan of, of the theaters and I'm a fan of streaming. Gotcha. No, yeah, me too. Very, very similar. I like to have be out in, in, in the environment. It's a different experience than it is at home. Um, I mean, home is nice, but it, it doesn't doesn't match it, I think, in my in my opinion. And um, as far as the um, when you're when you're uh, driving or your, um, if you happen to do workout or not, whatever, if you're walking, are you listening to music? Are you listening to podcasts? Um, you know, wh- what are you, what are you doing? Uh, or you're not doing anything and just like listening, just having air and just, just, I don't want to hear anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So a little bit of both. I try to do podcasts and music. And then, um, recently, um, started when I'm walking in particular, trying to not have the music so you can hear the the sounds and actually have moments of clarity. So yeah, it's kind of a peace. mixture of all. <laughs> and I got you. Well, listen, this was great. Uh, enjoyed the conversation. Uh, we were chatting with Dan Pronin, the uh, CMO of, uh, of Upkeep, uh, doing some great work there. Uh, and um, you're obviously meeting a need in the marketplace. Um, and uh, we wish you the best uh, in 2022, uh, that you have a blowout banner year this year. Uh, picking up all the clients that you want to pick up and servicing them appropriately and doing a great job. We wish you guys the best. Thank you. Same to you. Enjoy the conversation.